Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. If you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? I'll tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Yeah. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all, y'all, y'all. The devil was listening. The white man is the devil. In case you forgot, you haven't heard anybody say it in a long time. The white man is the devil. I say it every day like a religious catechism so that I can remember to remember just so I won't forget. I say it like a mantra. I say it when I'm brushing my teeth and gargling my mouth all the while out as a devil. Early in the morning, I say it as a part of my meditation. I open up my prayers. I seek refuge in Allah. I seek refuge in Allah from the accursed devil, the white man. It was devils who brought you here on the slave ships to the hells of North America. You better remind yourself every day. Welcome to Real Black Contenders Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about the 80-year conference. We're going to talk about how Kanye, right? Our brother Kanye West, or formerly known as Kanye West, our brother Ye, he was like the backdrop of the whole conference, it seems, right? Because when the CEO of the ADL took the stage, that's all he could really talk about was Kanye and shedding him down, right? So we're going to have that conversation, beloved. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just got to say this, right? Um, you know, I like to think, beloved, that it's a beauty in the balance, Right? And um, our village is, uh, we're definitely at war. And we definitely got to defend ourselves. And we got to look out for each other. But we got to be in the game, though. You know, we got to be in the game. And when we're in the game, we got to line up on the right side of the field. Or we got to line up on the right side of the court. What it looks like to me, beloved, I'm talking about, and I love the village. When we get into battles... We we can't, you know, if um let me just use a sports analogy. If we playing basketball five on five and somebody thought the ball is the tip off, and then you know, I get the ball or our team get the ball, it, it's supposed to be a five on five, beloved. We can't have two of the players that's supposed to be on our team turn around and guard us. And now it's like a seven on three kind of that's not how that's supposed to work. The reason why I say that, beloved, because, you know, we're going to have a conversation about the ADL and yay. And they had some some coons come up there and do some talking. But to see Kareem go on CNN, beloved, I'm talking about the elder Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. To see him go on CNN and talk about Kyrie Irving. Man, I was disgusted, beloved. Man, I I, I don't want to call old school out of his name. I'm like, damn, he's an old head. 
but he's talking about some. I'm like, yo, what is? I'm, yo, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. If I started a podcast called Bought Niggas, I think I would never run out of content. If I created a podcast or a channel called Bought Niggas, I probably would be on episode. And now we're going to go on episode 11,383. Like, I just keep going episode after episode because it looks like we're not running out of bought niggas. When do we just like, when is, where's the margin? Where do we stop at? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is talking about our brother Kyrie and how he's doing some hate shit and it's anti-Semitic and all this. And I'm thinking to myself, when was the last time they pulled your old ass out and put you on television? And I'm thinking, you know what? I, it was the Allen Iverson thing when Allen Iverson bigged up uh, the brother minister from Chicago, Farrakhan. And then they made him. I don't know if you guys would remember, but they made AI come back and apologize for that. Then it was Deshaun Jackson. You know, it was a kid in Philadelphia, the wide, the wide receiver. Um, he said something and they made him come back and take his words back but they brought kareem out to do that and i'm just like bro don't you see they the only time you see old school on tv is when he got something to say about our people saying something about them people or he's talking about lebron james now he really don't really talk about lebron he just been talking about lebron for the last couple of years because he's worried that lebron is going to take this little record that he got in the jba Oops, I mean the NBA, right? <laughs> or the SBA, you know what I'm saying? Small Hat Basketball Association. So I just want you to see the psychology behind it all, how they try to play our people to make some things that we do is a win, but it's really not a win when you look at it for real, for real. The media want our people to think that LeBron James, who they call a billion-dollar athlete, Playing uh, b- uh, beside his son is a win for our village. It's a win. Now, this is how I see it, beloved, here on Real Black Content Form Podcast. I see like the changing of the guards, right? I see like a passing of strength, but it's it's unique how I look at it. The Lakers, beloved, is a team that was that's Mr. Bus's team. Mr. Bus is no longer here. So he passes down the power of the team. His daughter has it, Jenny. So you go from employer to employer, right? That's something that's remarkable. No, no, no. They don't want us to celebrate that. They want us to celebrate one employee who they call a billion employee passing down the mantle to his son, which is going to be another employee on the small hatch platform. No, that's not a win. This guy, hold on. I thought you told us that he was a billionaire. That's not a... Beloved, you think I have my son. I'm a billionaire now. You think he's going to be out on the court building up their empire? And there's no way. How is that a... And then they want LeBron to stay on this court for I don't know how long, however long it takes to break Kareem's record. I'm like, but bro, that's the... You don't own this league. This is not. Why would you want to have the best and greatest score on their? It's their league. It's not. It's not our shit. It's theirs. You're gonna put up all these goddamn points on these small hash platform. Well, where's your brothers at? You can play on none of your brothers' teams or your brothers' leagues and run up the. 
I don't know. Maybe all that is a different story for different day, right? Today, I just want to have a conversation about the ADL conference, man. And what I've seen <laughs> and what I've heard, because they had some speakers that came up there. And the first thing I noticed, beloved, it was the backdrop, right? You got to see, like, the backdrop. It said, against anti-Semitism and against anti-Black. So I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, since when did the small hats join themselves with us? Since when? They normally do. But I'm talking about it's all this we're standing together kind of deal. And and normally our relationship with these people is a little different. We're the talent. They're the agent. We're the talent. They're the lawyer. We're the talent. They're the financial advisor. They do your taxes. It's always this kind of relationship because they're your managers and everything like that. Now we're supposed to be side by side all of a sudden and we're going to fight the evils that's oppressing us. We're going to do this hand by hand. So they had a few Negroes on the panel to do that, right? You know, they had our brother um, Dyson was up there, man. You know what I mean? And this guy, you know, he, you know, Dyson, he always got them. He talking fast and he always rhyming when he talking. Um, <laughs> he be fronting like he from Detroit. No, that dude not from the city, beloved. He from the suburbs, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? He just, he's an author. He doing all this and he's up there. He's talking. And then I watched the, uh, when Mike sat down. Then I seen uh, when the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, he get up. And then he's speaking and everything. And this is interesting because, oh, check this out. <laughs> Eric Adams, he began his speech with a quote from Nelson Mandela. Right? Now, that's Eric Adams. Uh, when Dyson is talking, he's talking to a, a, a devil named David Schwimmer. And David Schwimmer began his lecture with a quote from MLK. So I'm like, this is how you know people don't know the history because the whole backdrop is anti-Semitism. Beloved, don't you know that Nelson Mandela was accused of being anti-Semitic? And then don't you know that uh, MLK was accused of being anti-Semitic also? But when you look at our village, every kind of every black man that kind of stood for something, they all labeled them as being anti-Semitic, right? Nelson Mandela, anti-Semitic. MLK, as we already stated earlier, anti-Semitic. Then you got Garvey, anti-Semitic. Elijah, Farrakhan, uh, Khalid Abdul Muhammad, anti-Semitic. We could just say everybody for the nation. All the lost founds, anti-Semitic. Then you got Colin Powell, uh, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Adam Clayton Powell, who else? Don't let me leave nobody. Well, you could throw Ye on the list now. They put Ye name on the list. He's anti-Semitic. And uh, <laughs> it's like the list can just go on and on and on and on. But I'm just still listening, though, because, you know, they got the New York City you know, mayor up there. You know what I'm saying? Eric Adams is talking. And then he said at the end of his speech, he said, yeah, you know, because everybody knows New York City is the real uh, Tel Aviv. You know what I'm saying? And then everybody just clapping and cheering. I'm like, well, wait a minute. 
when Jesse said that 30 years ago, it was a problem. When our brother Jesse went to New York City, he said, yo, he looking around and the small hats on everything. The property, the buildings, the, they, the slumlord apartments, they own everything. The record companies uh, down at the Diamond District. And he's like, yo, he said, this is Jaime Town. <laughs> Jaime Town, Jaime Town. He's like, yo, this is Jaime Town. And then they, they jumped on our brother behind that. He's trying to run to win the biggest seat for the highest office of the land. You know, our brother Jesse was running for president. But it took this to help derail his whole campaign because they started to... Because they in the media, man. They own the media. They are the media. You know what I'm saying? So they took that and derailed the brother's campaign. But now I'm listening to the CEO. I'm talking about of the ADL. Right? He's speaking. And... Um, I'm like, you know what? Our people is at war. See, some of our people think it's about Kanye. And some of our people think it's about the brother minister from Chicago. And then we think it's about Kyrie. It's bigger than that. Yo, when I was listening to that guy speak, he was like, yo, the ADL is in partnership with the BBYO. And they're going to train 70,000 small hat teams before they enter college on how to handle and deal with anti-Semitism. And I was like, wow. I said, yo, that's pretty profound. I'm like, okay, so I'm starting thinking about our village now. I'm like, okay, what do we have in place in our village that it will help our people deal with anti-black incidents, anti-black run-ins, what do we have in place? What are we teaching our youth from preschool to kindergarten to elementary school to middle school up to high school? Because, see, the CEO of the ADL, he was very, he had it all kind of detailed out. He said, before they get to college, they're going to already know how to handle that. And the way I took that to mean as a translation was, oh, he's going to train them how to be bosses. That's how you shut down, quote unquote, anti-Semitism. They can just be the boss. You just, you know how to do a certain deal. You, um, if you get somebody that's a little headstrong, you get them to get into business with you, but you kind of, you partner up with them where you can kind of keep them in check. So it's like the way that they do business, it works with Jay-Z. Because he's like the biggest, he's the bottom bitch. He's the biggest bottom bitch that they got. Jay-Z's only purpose is to take people through his business, which is Rock Nation, sign them in contract, and then sign this black and brown talent off. He marries them up with industries that small hats own, like the NFL, Major League Baseball. Uh, if you want to get on stage and shook and job, he's going to put you in with Live Nation. And then it's the NBA. It's like he got it all NFL. It's all kind of like it's all there for you, right? That's why they treat him like they do. But they give him that to keep him there. Same what they do with Diddy. But it just didn't work with Kanye. Kanye said he was like Moses. And many of us that grew up in a church house, we knew he was trying to say Moses gave up his, his wealth, his material possessions to go out there to deliver his people. He had to give it up. So it's interesting, like, all right, 
I'm watching this whole thing unfold. And I thought that that was dope that the CEO said that at ADL because I wish our people had something like that. Had something in a place to teach the youth how to be a boss. How to do things. How to run things. How to see things before it even come and how you deal with it when it does come. And he said he's going to provide this teaching through these teens or to these teens through 700 chapters that they got in the U.S. And those small hat teens that's not in the U.S., he said that they got 49 chapters in 49 countries all around the world that can teach them as well. I said, damn. So, you know, I'm starting to think, all right, that could be a little collusion because you can pick up the phone and shut some shit down. And we seen that. Well, yeah, he, they can just pick up the phone. In fact, he said that out of his own mouth. The CEO for the ADL said, yo, he said he personally was on the phone with Adidas shutting that thing down of uh, that partnership that Ye had with Adidas. And he told him, he said, I was on the phone with dude. And I told him, yo, I'm going to keep hammering you and hammering you and hammering y'all until you fold. And then he said 20,000. He had a network of 20,000 small hats that was emailing and hashtagging and calling and, you know, pulling their their money out of the I say oh man this is okay this is a real battle this is a real battle beloved see Ice Cube he was the stand up brother on the west coast but they give you more see they gave him that that big three it's not his he's just in the front cause you know who in the back when you see us in the front they in the back Jeff is in the back but it's Ice Cube that got the relationship with the players and with the other hip hop acts that could come and perform halftime during the big three. It's not Jeff ain't got no name, but maybe all that is a different story for a different day. Watching that conference and watching that ADL CEO talk about Adidas, and then I seen uh, the CEO for Adidas. The North American division, he got up, he spoke. He's a brother now. I was like, okay, I know that the the, the big boy, the big CEO, is a, he, he's the devil. But when I seen the brother get up there as a representation of North America, I said, oh, okay, this is interesting. And it, he's talking, he's talking, he's he's giving his spiel about how they're going to make things right. And then the brother said, representing Adidas, he said, us and the ADL, Adidas and the ADL, has gotten into a multi-year partnership. Say partnership. What is this about? And then I go to the website to look at the details. Oh man! So check it out. So Adidas said that they're gonna donate a million dollars every year to the next three or four years to the ADL. And I'm thinking, like, for what? Like they put pressure on you to kill. One of your partnerships with Yay, you you killed them. Now at the end of the fourth quarter, you lost two hundred and fifty million dollars. They not going. They ain't say nothing. But on top of that, you got to give some money to these folks. And I'm trying to figure out. Damn, is this? It sound like a shakedown. It sounded like it sounded like it sounded like a shakedown. Because now I'm starting to think. Okay, they got a million dollars for the next three or four years out of Adidas. They're trying to shake Kyrie down for half a million. They said that he offered, they denied it. This is the reports. 
they said we don't want your donation Kyrie I'm willing to bet that they end up taking that money too because it's a shakedown so now I'm looking I'm thinking damn you know they got this sweet hustle that I noticed that they do I'm talking about the ADL now every time you see something that's aggressive that's in the media or it's on the internet some sorts or it's physical like the Charlottesville thing right um ever since Charlottesville let me just leave it there I'm gonna start at Charlottesville because they had that whole thing those devils with those these tiki torches they was trying to it was like a that big old like protest thing they were trying to it was about the removal of the confederate statues protests and they start chanting the words white supremacy every time something goes to a white supremacy rant of some sort the adl always end up getting some kind of money behind that since charlottesville to today the adl in donations got 67 million dollars since 2016 Everybody's giving these people money. Facebook, the COO of Facebook, um, Sandberg, she donates $2.5 million to them. Uber gives half a million. Um, JP Morgan gives half a million. James Murdoch, he comes back. This is the son of, of Rupert Murdoch now. He donates a million dollars. Then you got Apple, they donate a million dollars. On the Schwarzenegger, he donates 100K. Uh, Donald Trump, who really got friction with them folks, he ended up donating. 56k so i'm like damn every time something happens they know how to get that money up out of the people but they have they got some power beloved they got some power and the power that they really have is see they got the full weight of the government on their side you know they let certain things come out to the press but they don't let everything come onto the press, right? I can just remember, like, check it out. Was it last year? Was it this year or last year? Why well, people was upset that they passed that uh, anti-hate bill? Capitol Hill passed that uh, the anti-hate bill for the Asians, right? Where if you do something to our Asian brothers and sisters, you know, this going to happen, that going to happen, and right? That's just kind of that's just some shit that's that's local. And when I say local, I mean like United States wide. It's federal. It just it's in it's just in the United States. Beloved, what if I told you though that Capitol Hill back in 2004, when George W. right, when George W. was president, um, they passed a bill that's called the Global Anti-Semitism Review Act, which is a worldwide bill. Meaning that if you criticize or you threaten or you say something demeaning about small hats on any country on the planet, that includes this country, the United States or Mexico, or if we say something slick about these folks in Turkey, or you say something uh, slick about these folks in Uganda or South Africa or Japan, the United States government got the green light to sanction you to change out your leadership and possibly go at war with you did you know that if you think your brother vj is bullshitting i want you to go look it up yourself <laughs> the name the name of the bill is global anti-semitism review act 
George Bush signed it into law. Yo, before we got another brother, I think he's out the Carolinas. Before he he retired, I, I don't know what um Senator Scott gonna do. We had a brother named Senator Scott that he he on his way out now because he kind of I think he got out of there, out of there this year. Before he bounced though, he put out another bill to go through Capitol Hill. It just waiting for a signature, if I'm not mistaken. He passed the uh or he just he put out the the anti-Semitism uh, Aware Act of 2019. All they, if I'm not mistaken, all they needed just a signature, and that's it. They passed these bills to protect these people, and once some, something goes through, once a president signs that shit, you putting the full weight of the federal government behind something. Now, black man and black woman, here's the question I got for you: You've been running behind these goddamn liberals all your life. You've been voting for these liberals all your life. And when their next election come up, they're going to come and tell you, this is going to be one of the most important elections of your life. The most, and this is on the line, that is on the line, and all this, all this kind of shit is on the line. Where's your anti-black review act at? Where's yours at? They got theirs. Where's yours? Where's the senator that came out and put a bill, they put it on the table for Capitol Hill to deal with, Where's your anti-black awareness act at? Where's your bills at? Who's going to put something to Capitol Hill on your behalf? Because they got theirs. Where's yours at? Them yellow niggas, them Asians, they got theirs too. Where's yours at? Because you run behind these folk. Every time we see you, you run behind these people. What they got for you? They putting up, listen, they got illegal immigrants living in hotels of your tax dollars in New York. They catching illegal immigrants and in these northeastern states, in these midwestern states, they putting these folks in hotels and our people is living on the streets. What's up with that black man and black woman? These, these are the people that you vote for. Ain't that your man in office down there? Because you did all you could do to get the other the so-called racist president, the Trump guy, you got him out of there, right? Everything's supposed to get better. Is it getting better for you? What well, ain't got better for you? These folks got a bill. That's why everything looks so powerful, looks so swift, because they can, the federal government, when they lean in, when the small hats leaning on you, the goddamn government leaning on you too. That's why it looks so powerful, so strong. It's a bit, they got a bill working in their favor. Where's your bill at? That's why she don't look strong when it happened to you. Because you ain't got no bill. Where is your global anti-black review act at? You don't have none. And here go the sad part. It ain't even coming. Then they got the nerd that had niggas down here talking about they going on a, a reparations march. And if you goddamn get the money, that devil ain't gonna give it to you. But if you got the money, if you ain't got no goddamn global act to protect you, they ain't gonna do nothing but come back and take it anyway. Maybe all that is a different story for a different day. Beloved, our people is in a real battle. Yeah, man, we we in a real battle, man. These folks talking about seventy thousand this, seventy thousand. I'm like, they gonna train up some teens, and no, no, they training them up for you. <laughs> you know, they training up for you. Like, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from. The dealings with the small hats in Germany because um, before the Germans just went nuts on them folks, 
you know, there were some small hats was they tried to separate themselves that had money. They tried to separate themselves from the small hats that was poor. And it was like uh, they were playing a troublemaker game. So, no, we ain't no troublemaker. They ain't going to bother us. They just going to bother them post small hats at the bottom. And then, no, no, no. Hitler had a different. No, no, no. Everybody going to get this here. When I hear that, beloved, it sounds like these bought niggas in America. They try to do the Shaqs and Charles Barkley's and the Jordans and Oprah's and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's. They try to separate themselves. Oh, no, no. That's just the, these the ignorant niggas down there. And the wild niggas, that ain't us. We good. We, we, we on your side, man. So we, no, no, no. No, 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 no. When they come with that rope, they going to fit around your neck like it fit around everybody else's neck. They ain't going to set. You think these folks, the biggest problem with black folks in America is they forgot that these people is devils. They act like they had you on a rope. Three, four hundred years ago, 250 years ago, 200 years ago. No, no, no. It wasn't that long ago they had you on that rope. Michael, what's the what's the brother down in Alabama? Donald, Michael, McDonald. Don't let me mess up the brother's name. Down in Alabama. Um, I think it was Michael Donald, something like that. I don't want to mess up the brother's name, but um, they got Michael Donald. It was what, 1981? When they lynched him, they put him on that rope. And then behind him, it was what? Our brother from Texas. It was uh it was James Bird Jr. That they they strung him, they put him on a they didn't put him on no tree, they put him on that truck. And they pulled him for this is back in 1998. The devil's still the devil. So we had battle, and I said, beloved, some of these house niggas, they're gonna have to make some decisions quick. Because believe it or not, black folks, man, one thing about our people, we taking notes now. We everybody, this Kyrie and Kanye thing is just it's like a somebody shook the hornet's nest and it's bigger than Nino Brown. It ain't about no we just sitting back and watching how everything move around, how they moving and shaking with this hornet's nest. I'm like, when we looking, we're like, okay, this a when we go into the kingdom, this bought nigga got to be dealt with, this bought nigga got to be dealt with. And one thing I can say for sure, beloved, that it looks like for the most part now, the sisters is holding strong. It's the niggas that's weak. But they're going to be dealt with in due time as well. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening, beloved. This is Real Black Content Forum Podcast, man. Big VJ. Peace, love, and soul, beloved. Until next time, man. We'll get it with you guys later. Peace. Earlier this week, ADL announced a partnership with BBYO, the world's leading Jewish teen movement. Together, ADL and... Together, ADL and BBYO will train 70,000 Jewish teens in 700-plus chapters around the country and in 49 other countries across the world. Our goal is to prepare our children before they ever get to the college campus 
on how to deal with anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. And I am so excited about what ADL and BBYL will do together. And the next upstream frontier is engaging businesses, making sure they don't back anti-Semites just to chase a buck. And to illustrate this, let me tell you a story about the ADL, Kanye West, and Adidas. As we all watched in recent weeks, the world-famous Kanye West unleashed torrents of anti-Jewish hate, both online and offline, on social media and in interviews. And as that happened, ADL, we do what we do, we sprang into action. Our researchers tracked how Kanye was cheered by extremists, from the Nation of Islam, to the Proud Boys, to neo-Nazi leaders. And many brands, like Balenciaga and Gap, MRC, Creative Artists, many others, said that Kanye's values weren't their own. And as he unraveled, they cut ties. In many cases, they took losses of millions of dollars because of those decisions. But Adidas was silent. So I called the chairman of Adidas. And he gave me a list of reasons as to why he couldn't act. Now look, I've worked at some big companies. I get the politics and I understand the pressure. So I told him, hey, we will work with you. And we will praise you if and when you do the right thing. But until you do, ADL will hammer you as hard as we can. I hung up the phone, and I knew to get that done wasn't about me or us. We had to turn to all of you. Adidas needed to hear directly from the people who buy their shoes and wear their workout clothes. So ADL launched a campaign, hashtag runawayfromhate, to use social media to raise awareness of their inertia. And almost 20,000 of you directly lobbied the company. You posted, you tweeted, you emailed, you clicked, and you helped. First, the media took notice, and stories started to spread about their inaction. Then the markets took notice. Adidas' stock price dropped 23% over the month. And... And then Adidas took notice. Instead of just keeping their relationship with Kanye West under review, they put it on ice and terminated it. And look, while I wish they had done it sooner, Adidas, to their credit, made it abundantly clear that they would not do business with bigots. And today I am so pleased that they're here at Never Is Now to announce an incredible commitment that demonstrates their dedication to fighting anti-Semitism, 
to addressing hate will last long beyond this moment. Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. If you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Yeah. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all, y'all, y'all.